from Marching Music's Major League. This is a Field Pass Extra with special guest host, Keith Kelly. Since the days of antiquity, when the mortal Marcius challenged the god Apollo to a contest of musical excellence, we've been attempting to find and create ways to objectively judge music and performance. Marcius lost, by the way, but the verdict? It's been debated ever since. On this episode, we're exploring the competition, and we'll be meeting the people who the chorus perform to every night. The judges and the fans. So, Mallory, when we first planned this series, we had planned this episode to actually be two episodes. Mm -hmm. We had planned for an episode on just judging and then an episode on the fans and the fandom and, you know, the the uh, the, the the community that surrounds that. Right. But I mean, I don't know about you, but I've just felt that over the, the, the course of the last number of weeks and the last number of months, that the the Venn diagram of judges and fans, that the overlap has actually just been too big to ignore, and and kind of separating these episodes out by, um, by a number of weeks would have been kind of problematic. Yeah, it's tough to talk about one without talking about the other. Particularly, it's hard to talk about the fans and their responses to shows without also talking about how they respond to the judging. That's right. Really hard. Yeah. It's really hard to separate those two things. Well, so it'd be like talking about sport or like a soccer game without talking about the and score. And ignoring the score. And <laughs> like pretending like the competition doesn't matter in when it, it it truly does. So Yeah. And I mean, look, it's one of the questions that we do put to a lot of the guests on today's episode mm-hmm. too, which is, you know, how much does the competition matter? And you know, it it it, it does. It matters a lot. Not that the art the artistry wouldn't possibly exist without the competition, but it but it is it is core. It adds um, an edge. Yeah, it it is. It's so it's so fundamental to 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 the way the activity has been designed to this day. Um. So so I thought it would be better to combine the two episodes where we can compare and contrast those perspectives on the show, those those fan perspectives and those judges perspectives within the same episode, because I think mm-hmm. that I think that makes most sense to me. Yeah, absolutely. I, I completely agree. So you marched into 2007, 2008 when you were marching, Mallory. What was your sense of the judging system? Uh, I mean, did you did you have a good sense of how the rules worked when 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 recaps were being handed out? Did you did, did you know how um how the marking system was working for, in your favor or against you? Um, enough, if that makes sense. And we had really good right. staff in both my cores that would take the time to help us like understand the feedback that we got and the, and why we received the scores that we received, which I found was very helpful. Um, when you are marching because it's not, yes, it is about the score, but also it's a lot about that feedback and how do you take that feedback from the judges and process it and improve and learn from it. Um, so I, I wouldn't say that I had like, I didn't have 
a really in-depth knowledge of judging. I knew enough to like understand the feedback I was receiving, but I do mm-hmm. give a lot of credit to my caption heads and the people I was working with every every day to help who were helping us understand what those scores meant and what that feedback meant. And do you think that will be pretty um, common among performers? I I I would imagine at least when I was marching, it was at least with the people I was marching with, I think it was similar. Again, as you said, there are extremes on either end. Um, I also get the impression that the kids who are marching today, just given the changes in how information is distributed and how much more readily available the information is, I would imagine that kids today are far more informed about how the judging right. system works than I was when I marched. That definitely makes they sense. Have so much more access to it. Yeah, no, that absolutely makes sense. I mean, you can get a full sort of review and breakdown, and you can get ten other perspectives and views from fans. And like, I was still on a flip phone when I was marching. There was no way I was going to get a score from DCI. You know, DCI's website. It's amazing how much technology has just changed what the performers uh, tour is like for that reason, though, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, we've talked about that on previous episodes. So tell me, now that you're uh, an alum and you're not even living in the the U.S. anymore, you must have a very um, sort of unique perspective on on, uh, on on being a fan. You know, you're being uh, number one, you're a fan as a, an alum, which, you know, a lot of the fans are. But then you're living yeah. internationally as well. You know, uh, how difficult has it been to live internationally and still maintain that sort of passion and fandom about the activity? I think that in some ways it's actually intensified because I don't have that. I don't, well, I do have that network still, but it's not as easily accessed to get all of, you know, get in contact with all of my buddies that used to march and, you know, I can't get on flow marching and stuff like that. So like some of the resources aren't available to me, to me anymore. So in a weird way, I'm almost more excited about drum corps when I hear about it because I hear about it so little now. And then also I feel like it's my mission in Ireland to bring as many people to the fold as possible now. I'm like, <laughs> come, let me tell you about drum corps. <laughs> I mean, that kind of sounds similar to a lot of alumni, uh, even in the U.S. <laughs> it's, it's the, you know, you, you, you get, yeah, you, you get through your, your, your time in the corps and then your job is to go out and convert people. Yeah. Bring, bring <laughs> the fans. If you build it, they will come. Okay, buckle up. We're going to be covering a lot in this episode. I think what's so interesting about drum corps and judges and fans is just the level of passion that we bring to it. Because people are so invested and they care so much and they care so much about their core and the core they love or the core they marched in. But the the thing is, when you have judges who are putting numbers down and making value judgments, it's just inherently difficult and controversial. People love statistics. People love to look at numbers. And I think that, you know, that showed when we took away recaps for one summer, I think it showed how important the competition side is to the activity as a whole. Pretty much what the fans are is alumni. Um, You come to it from marching band, you come to it as alumni, um, and you always have your favorite core. Fan is short for fanatic. And that's absolutely true, <laughs> you know. So, so there are drum corps fans that will be as crazy for their core um, as they are for their football team, as they are for their basketball team, as they are for their baseball team. But we bring banners and things like that, you know. And people go crazy for their cores. I think competition is an important motivating factor for everyone involved in the organizations. Plus, there's also something I think it's important for the fans, you know, to to be able to track and to, to give them a little bit more motivation to stay engaged in the entire season from start to finish. Okay, let's start at the beginning. How do the rules get created and how do they get changed? One of the unique things about Drum Corps International is that the cores themselves set the rules. They set the parameters, the guidelines, the criteria by which they will be assessed. This is John Phillips. Chief Judge Administrator with Drum Corps International. And they have an annual meeting where uh, the instructors get together, some of the judge leadership 
is there, the, the core directors themselves. And that's at a point where they determine, hey, have we been doing things the right way for the last year or the last five years? They, they kind of look back and then they look at where they are in the present, you know, what the evolution, I mean, you know, I've mentioned electronics from time to time being something that's really uh, the new horizon and where do we want to go? And so it's at that annual meeting, they call it a rules Congress, where the rules are fleshed out and then given to the judges to enact throughout the summer to put into implementation. And so when you look at the, the continuum of it, we move from January to the beginning of the season in June and those first events and the cores will come out. And, uh, you know, I think if you were to ask any one of them, they're coming out with close to a finished product, but it's probably not the most polished product. And so there's, they'll, I'm sure they will agree there's room for growth with where they are in those first few events. And so it's the judge's responsibility in those initial interactions with the cores on their recordings, but additionally at a post-contest meeting that we call a critique to give the cores some insights into where they feel they are right now, how, how strong they are in communicating what their show is about, how successful they are in achieving that, and where they might be able to take it, where they might be able to go next. So the, the early season events and the post-contest meeting, as, as I've mentioned, called the critique, is a very integral part the whole evolution of the core uh, from the beginning of the season until they perform their finals night in Indianapolis. John is going to give me a full breakdown of the captions and how they work. But before that, let's take a step back for a moment. You heard John mention the rules conference. One of the big changes in how the activity is judged these days has been the move away from what was called the tick system understanding that system and why it changed might help us to understand the current system a little bit more. Dan Atchison, CEO of DCI. There were a lot of judges on the field uh, that were counting ticks, right? I'm sure you've heard of that. It's They heard a mistake, they made a mark and that came off your score, uh, which as you know is quite a bit different now. You, you have more of a build-up score. Uh, when the judging system changed, of course, the activity changed dramatically, and especially in terms of its visual presentation. Uh, but even from a musical standpoint, it's so much more uh, eloquent and dramatic. Uh, it, it's the presentations in combination with the, the visual aspects of it. The tick system was a system of subtraction. So at the beginning of a show, every core had 100 points. And then the judges removed points for every mistake they saw. And so if a judge was on the field and they were judging marching and they were looking at a form and they saw an interval problem, okay, all the intervals are supposed to be even and this one's not correct. They would take their pen, look down at their notepad, they carried a clipboard, they put down their clipboard and they would write, make a mark. That mark was called a tick. So that was one mistake. So then they would look back up from their clipboard. They would watch some more. They would see another mistake. They would look down. They would make a mark. That was a tick. So it was called the tick system, and it was each mistake that they saw. So it was all about subtraction. The problem with that system was the judge became your enemy because they were, they were trying to take away points from you. And so this is where famous things happened, like, um, you know, if you saw a judge, you sort of aimed for them with your flag or, you know, you, they would get caught in a form or whatever. And they became an enemy and it was quite adversarial and not really very healthy for the activity. What happened in the early eighties was they switched to the buildup system where each core starts with zero. And then the judge gives them points based on what they see and the credit they can give. All of a sudden the judge becomes your best friend because rather than being out there to take points away from you, they're the ones giving you the points. So they would watch the quality of the performance and they would make get their number based on the amount of those numbers that they thought that you had earned. Is the build-up system uh, uh, better than the tick system? I think they're both very imperfect systems. That's John Welly of the Drum Corps AF podcast. 
Um, I like the idea of rewarding creativity. However, what the current system does, we put an awful lot into the hands of the designers um, instead of into the hands of the performers. Uh, and, and, you know, that, that's got both good and bad things because really a lot of the things we talk about being crowd-pleasing are really much more in the hands of the designers than they are in the performers. And if everything was in the hands of the performers, you could have some really, really boring shows, but they would win. You know, so it, it's hard to say. I mean, we're a youth activity, but at the same time, in some ways, the way that we judge, those designers really are playing the core instead of, you know, and, and, and we're judging the designers more than we are judging the performers. Any system trying to judge something as subjective as an artistic or musical endeavour is going to be inherently flawed. But it makes a lot of sense to me to at least have that system work alongside the performers, designers and instructors. Okay, it's time to take a deep dive into the system with Chief Judge Administrator John Phillips. The way John Core is judged is actually quite simple and yet very complex. So we'll talk the simple part first. It, it's pretty much 50-50 marching or the movement and the music. And within each of those areas, the, the visual side or the movement side and the music side, there's some components that break down from that. So if we look at the musical side, it's, it's really the, the brass and the percussion. And we are examining those performers from an individual standpoint on the field, and then also from a collaborative collective standpoint up in the press box. Uh, as far as the brass is concerned, you have one judge who will in, investigate all of the technique and all of the musicianship that the individuals perform at close proximity down in the field. And then you'll have a percussion judge who does the same thing. But then you have some judges up in the stands who are up in the press box area, depending on the stadium we're in, who will look at how the brass and percussion work together. And similarly for the visual side, we'll have somebody down on the field who will be looking at the technique of the movement, the way they're marching and the way they are. There's a lot of choreography and dance in drum corps nowadays. So they'll be looking at that part of it. And then similarly, somebody up in the, uh, a higher vantage point, we'll look at the collective, how all of them are moving together as opposed to those individuals. We additionally have someone who's investigating the color guard members and how they are handling the equipment, how they're handling the dance, the choreography, what kind of character they're portraying. So those are the, the technical side of judging, the technical elements. But then there are two judges who look at the big picture and how all of the design is put together, right? How uh, the storyline is communicated and, and looking at the, the way that the message, uh, the theme, if there is one, is delivered by all of the members. And we call that effect. And we have two judges who overlook that. Okay, let's start with that big picture. Let's start with general effect. So the general effect caption is that big picture uh, way of examining the core and and what they present um, and what, that's one of the things that I think that audiences typically respond most to um, you know drum corps are really good at eliciting a response from the audience and typically those are those big moments you know loud is one of those things that really gets the audience excited and gets them standing up but it's not the only way and we've seen an evolution uh, over the last decade in particular, and also because of the use of electronics. I mean, we think of the electronics and amplification as, as, as really powering it up and energizing the sound, but it also allows for a lot more uh, intimate moments, if you will, musically, um, because we can have a soloist, we can have a singer or a soloist play with a nice relaxed sound in a huge stadium and reach every fan in the audience. So I think that's one of the great things about uh, Effect is that it, it probably is the thing that most people who attend a drum corps show are responding to. It, it can be very visceral, it can be very emotional, and it sometimes can be on a very intellectual level as well. 
Hey, Blue Knights, this is Nola Jones. We're here together for Drum Corps International World Championship Finals in Indianapolis, Indiana. I can't tell you what a privilege it is to be considering effect tonight. Already this sense of production value and cinematic quality is so compelling. The quality of the voiceover, the emergence of the characters, the reflection back to that opening euphonium moment, the cinematic quality of the front ensemble and the electronic soundscape, the sense of development, the scope of the staging. Beautiful. Literal interpretation of the flying, the wings. Let's look at the visual and music analysis judges now, who joined the general effect judge up in the stands. So in addition to the general effect judge, who takes the perspective from the press box and looks at the big picture, there are two analysis judges, visual analysis and music analysis. For the visual analysis, that judge is looking at the collective movement of all members of the drum corps. They look at the balance in the design, the balance in the form, the structure of how everything is put together. It's almost like being someone who's analyzing architecture. They're looking at the blueprint and they're looking um, as well for uniformity in the approach that the individual performers project. Similarly, in music analysis, that judge is looking at the holistic musical score, the musical blueprint, and listening for how the percussion and the brass, and nowadays the electronic instruments, that, and, and that whole array of instruments in the front, which we um, affectionately call the pit, or you know, that, that really it's, it's, a, it's a grounded percussion ensemble that's up front. Uh, how all of those sounds mix together. Uh, we look for balance, we listen for balance, we listen for intonation and tuning and pitch, and, and then of course, are they together? And that's really it in a nutshell, how analysis is evaluated. Good evening, Carolina Crown, congratulations on your performances this week, and let's have a great one tonight. Music analysis, Randy Greenwell. Amazing scope of brass sound with a coral patch. Well blended. Interesting weaving of the rhythmic statement in the battery in between. The brass statements and the changing of the moving bass line there. The second time through it, bring about some. Counter melodic interest. Now, the sonic scope of that moment is just incredibly transparent and wonderfully produced in terms of color and balance and blend within the sonority between the electronics and the brass. This next caption, visual proficiency, was a bit of a mystery to me until I spoke to John and realized that, in my own way, I've been teaching this for 15 years. So the visual proficiency judge is located at field level and they closely examine all of the elements of movement. They look at the individuals, everything from posture to whether their feet are moving in step with one another, to their alignment between each other, to uh, oh, how they come in and out of a dance move. It's really a detailed examination of all visual aspects. Hi, Spirit of Atlanta. This is Robert Solomon from Los Angeles, California. It's my pleasure to welcome you to the semifinals here at, w, at uh, DCI. 
I am your visual proficiency judge today. Looking forward to it. Have a great run. Weight shifts in the lower half into the flexibility of that upper half circular motion. I'm watching here between the 30 and the 25, uh, 35 yard line. Noted and handled successfully. Sure, some efforts in terms of the lower body's expression, the release of the exchange here, certainly brings a challenge to the color guard off the front sideline. Good linearization of these forms in terms of dress and cover responsibilities relative to the hip and shoulder alignment, quick change of space. You know, where we'll interpret some of this as longer phrases with the pauses and the chassés that then lead them into the next motion. In all my years of marching, I never had a colour guard. John helped me to understand what that caption is about too. So the colour guard judge is something that's, well, relatively recent. Uh, my tenure as judge administrator has been for the past 20 years. And in my first year of uh, being the judge administrator was the first year that the color guard judge became part of the overall DCI judging system. And that evaluation is looking at all of the things that the color guard does with the equipment, with their body uh, through interpretation of dance and movement, and uh, their orientation to the overall design. So there's really three layers. They call it the triad, and it's the equipment, the body, and the movement that are so critical for the color guard uh, judge to be examining at any time. Good evening to the Boston Crusaders. Jim Sturgeon from Las Vegas, Nevada, welcoming you to the Drum Corps International World Championship Finals. Congratulations on your efforts over the course of this week and throughout the entire season, performers. An opportunity for me tonight to see your run uh, and evaluate it through the caption of Color Guard. Wish you the very best uh, this evening. Good luck to you. Yeah. Very clear, very good control um, through a, a whole host of different dynamic responsibilities. And you make it look so easy, performers. I see all those backhand catches, the speed of the, the flourishes and the quickness of the toss. <laughs> wow. Keep this run up, folks. This is really, really good. Finding Drum Corps is brought to you by DCI Experience Tours. Whether you're a fan, alumni, or a music educator looking to bring your students on an experience that they'll never forget, DCI Experience Tours have packages for everyone who plans to come to DCI Finals. DCI Experience Tours are hosted by Keith Kelly, host of the Finding Drum Corps podcast and operated by Celtic Horizon Tours. With over 25 years experience in individual and group travel, Celtic Horizon Tours will make sure that you have the best possible experience to suit your needs. Join Keith and the DCI Experience team for exclusive backstage access, VIP dinners, rehearsal walkthroughs, and much more. To see what we're putting together for 2021, or to start working on a custom performance and education tour for your students, head over to CelticHorizonTours.com forward slash DCI Experience, or find us on social media at DCI Experience Tours. Like what you've been hearing? Well, download your favorite performances from the DCI archives. Go to marchingmusicdownloads.com and build your personal collection today. Before the break, we looked at the general effect, visual and music analysis, visual proficiency, and color guard captions. Next up, we have brass. The brass judge has a very important role in in terms of giving input to the performers about not only their accuracy, but also recognizing the challenges that they face, both from a musical perspective and also 
in consideration of all of the physical responsibilities that they have. Drum, modern day drum corps has evolved so much from purely marching to something that's highly choreographic and requires a lot of physical endurance and stamina. And it's really an interesting evolution because we've gone from them in the old days, we would arrive at a certain point in the, in the show where all, almost all drum corps would stop and have about a one and a half minute kind of a concert presentation to now where they consistently are moving and playing. It's a fluid, seamless uh, overall effort. And um, the, the judge has to be aware, not only are they in tune, are they in tone, are they in time, but are they being challenged at a certain level that also gets consideration in terms of how far they have come in their achievement. Good evening, Spartans. Welcome to Marion, Indiana, and the DCI Open Championships preliminaries. My name is Dave Orser of Kingston, Ontario. I have the privilege this evening of evaluating your program in the area of music brass. I want to take this opportunity to wish you the best of luck. Have a great show. Make sure we set our embouchures okay. We get good clarity on our that attack. Yeah, really great entry here. Really great clarity in terms of vertical alignment. Right through to the triplet on the end of the phrase. Range extension. Bravo. Great opening, great energy. Last, but by no means least, is the percussion. So the percussion judge has a, a, a really interesting challenge because in drum corps, there's certain elements. Most of the drums march around out on the field. And that percussion judge needs to be able to assess and recognize and reward all of the efforts of the moving percussionists uh, in real time. I mean, it's all happening very quickly. I mean, a lot of the music, when you listen to modern day drum corps, you'll listen and the tempos are very quick. And those percussionists, are, it's such a physical achievement that they they accomplish and they're looking like the brass they're looking for accuracy they're looking for the control of the sticks and the timing and the expression and the phrasing and not only of the snare drums but the tenor drums and the bass drums and all of them moving and some groups even have marching cymbal lines so they're looking at that but that's typically from the front sidelines and then in behind that and they have to get back onto the track to assess this is a wall of concert percussion, marimbas and xylophone and chimes and exotic um, instruments from all around the world, really, plus electronic sound. So the, the percussion judge has to be aware of all of that concert percussion as, as well as the moving percussion, which is referred to as the battery. Throughout the episode, we've been listening to judges tapes. Competition is a big part of the concert band world too, and my experience with music and competition had mostly come from that world. So until I started learning about drum corps, I'd never heard of the concept of a judge's tape. If you marched competitively, you've probably heard plenty of these. But if you haven't, these tapes, or nowadays recordings, are live feedback that each judge give in addition to their score to help the core grow and evolve their show throughout the year. A huge thank you to John Phillips and all of the judges who have allowed us to use their tapes for our podcast. Let's listen to the last of these now. The percussion judge from Finals 2019, Jeff Prosperi, reviewing the eventual champions on that night, the Blue Devils, performing their show, Ghost Light. Good evening, Blue Devils, and welcome to the finals at the Drum Corps International World Championships in Indianapolis, Indiana on Saturday, August 10th, 2019. My name is Jeff Prosperi, coming to you from West Point, New York, where I serve as the principal drummer of the West Point Band's Hellcats at your Army's United States Military Academy. And I'm delighted to be here, privileged, honored, pleasure to evaluate your ensemble on music percussion down in the field. It's been an electric night, and we're about to find out what you're going to do. So I just can't wait. 
Let's have a wonderful run. Okay, eerie programmatic color here for the ghost-like creatures to conspire. Yeah, great biting of the accents. Great, wonderful job. Very difficult. Good pocket. Appreciate all the colorizations with the Pondero, the Doombet, the consistency of timbre. Yeah, wonderful layering with the bait, with the drum set. Wonderful, wonderful. Yes, wonderful, bravo, 10, a 10. So hard, so proud of you for putting that on the field. The smad deck, an incredible testament to the activity and your artistry and your virtuosity. Keep it up! Keep it up! Keep it up. Wonderful. Yeah, interpretation on the C-sharp. Very brass-like with the brass. They clean, man. They clean. Good. Stylistic, too. on the back sticking. Risk reward. Yeah, Bruko Bruko could have been a little bit better. Yeah, pop up up. Yeah, way to change up the roll speed into the higher doubles and into the forelets and the, the variable roll speeds against the feet was impressive. The metric shifts in hand speeds on low to high rolls. Words would fail me if I tried to talk. So that was an incredible performance. Okay, it's really locked it in. You, you played like a whole other level since the last time I saw you guys. So that, that was incredible. Um, yeah. All right, bravo. Let's see what happens. Really enjoyed it. Thank you. In many activities, once you have your score and maybe an analysis, that's your loss. Not in drum corps. Once the show is over and the staff have listened to the tape, there's an opportunity for staff and judges to talk. This is called critique and it's a vital part of the process as staff learn what's working, what isn't, and judges get an opportunity to hear from designers to understand the goals of the core and of the show. So when I originally started teaching drum core, I thought there was quite a distance between a judge and an instructor. I thought judges put their numbers down and then the instructor went, you know, went to battle, quote unquote, with that judge afterwards and told them how they were wrong and set their records straight and all this. I saw it like, this is where we go and, you know, raise our flag of everything we did that they didn't notice. Mark Nichols, brass caption head with Santa Clara Vanguard. Throughout the years, have learned very quickly that judges want you to be successful as much as anyone else. Like they, they are passionate about giving a correct evaluation. They're passionate about giving lots of information that the members will use. And myself as judging now, nothing makes me happier than whenever a band director reach out to me and go, I loved your tape. I played it for the students. It made us better. And that makes me so happy. And that's the kind of tape I always want to get from a judge. I I love the moments where I hear the judge say something. I'm like, yes, thank you. Especially the field judge tapes. I love field judge tapes because they're right there in the action. And you can hear exactly what happened. And I love pulling the horn line in the next day and playing them a clip from it. Or sometimes we play the whole tape for them just so they can hear what the judge said. Um, and just seeing that reaction, let them be a part of the process. So after a show concludes, we typically have a huddle where there'll be general announcements from the admin, and then we'll talk to the brass and we'll just give a little recap of the night, or we might explain what's coming up. We might say, 
hey guys, tomorrow's a full rehearsal day and we had this thing happen tonight. I think we really dig in tomorrow. We can fix sets one through 12 where this thing happened tonight. I think we get a lot of reps on it tomorrow. It'll be a lot better. We can, we can do a lot of things. And then the staff that's going to the critique will usually have a second huddle and we'll decide who's going to what critique that night. Uh, we keep an active spreadsheet of which judges we're going to see when. Uh, we'll keep a spreadsheet of who's talked to at what point, uh, what information we've received. Um, and we'll decide, okay, you're going to general effect tonight. You talked to this judge last night on brass. I really want you to talk to him again tonight on analysis to follow up on some of the conversation from last night. Um, and then we'll start to listen to tapes based on what you're going to. So the staff will be divvied up. Paul Rennick might be going to music analysis with me on one night. So Paul and I will huddle up and listen to the tape. We'll make notes. We'll decide the things that they said that we might want more clarity on. We'll add the things that we think they might have not noticed on that particular night or been a, out of position to see and say, next time you see us, we'd love for you to sample this moment. We think it's a really great moment that might add to the effect of the show. Um, and after that, when we get the, uh, we'll usually get scores sometimes. I will say as, as a group that luckily gets to go on near the end a lot, we don't always have scores when we go to critique. And really critique is less about the scores than it is about the commentary. Um, myself, I try to listen to all the tapes so I can go to the staff that's going to brass and go, hey guys, I heard X, Y, and Z. What did you hear? Okay, let's make sure we talk about this and this and this and follow up on that information. And then as you go into the judge, um, it's a conversation led by the instructor usually, but it's a question and response. So I might go in and say, you mentioned this tonight. I don't understand. Can you clarify that more? And they are able to give that clarity. And then I might say, you mentioned we were lacking this. Did you notice these three places of the show where we do that? Do you not feel that's enough? Do we need to add more? Do we need to take away more? Um, and get that clarification. And throughout a summer, a drum corps show changes a lot. Uh, I think someone who just watches finals might think that the show has looked like that from the beginning. It changes a ton. If I take uh, 2019 alone, just the tarps for Vanguard changed a lot. We didn't have tarps, and then we did, and then they changed colors. And then we had some, but not others. We, we tried a lot of different variations. Why do we do that? Because of feedback from judges, because we got different things. We heard, you tried this, but it really washed this out. Can you try this? And the judges gave us a lot of those suggestions and ways to improve. And you're able to have those conversations. So it's a pretty invaluable resource. Um, it's it's really great to see a judge early in the season and see him again three weeks later and be able to go, okay, we tried these things. Did you notice it? Has it gotten better? Has it improved? We changed that. Um, in the middle of the season, you know, in July, we all put on these fake endings or we don't really have our real end of show on. And we, we all game plan to try to be the one to reveal it first or last or whatever it's going to be that summer. And, and we'll tell the judges, Hey, this isn't our real ending. And they'll go, we know what, what do you have planned? And we'll, and we'll tell them like, we have something like this planned. What do you think? Oh, I'm excited to see that. I'll see you again down the road. I can't wait to see that. So there, you know, it's, there, there's not the veil of secrecy that some people might think exists. Drum Corps events throughout a season attract tens of thousands of fans. They support their cores like the most passionate sports fans. Some feel passionately about scores and placements, while others, not so much. How do they feel about the current judging system? Well, there's probably as many opinions as there is fans. John Weldy from Drum Corps AF gave me his thoughts as a lifelong fan. The competition is very important. I will tell you, as a Bluecoats alumni, it was a huge, huge, huge deal. I marched in 1993 and 94, and finally, almost 25 years later in 2016, my core won its first championship. And that was a huge deal. 
it, it was it was so amazing to see my core win a championship, and it was an incredibly emotional night for me to be there and uh, sitting with a whole bunch of Blue Coats alumni, and uh, we were just crying watching our core win our our first championship. So that does matter. It is a big deal to a lot of fans. I think the judges do a good job in trying to educate themselves, uh, and I think they're I, I think I have no doubt. Um, that, that the judges do have integrity in what they're doing. Me coming to it as a fan, not, not an activity insider. I, I've, I'm not a staff member. I'm, I'm not a core director you know, or anything like that. I, I'm coming to it from a strictly a fan's perspective, a longtime huge fan. Um, I, I, I would like to see some of the judging things be less defined. You know, I, I, I would like I would like to have th- things like uh, uh, less technical judging and more general effect judging the, the show the, the America's Got Talent or Britain's Got Talent or those those talent shows, you know, all, all over the world. Their judging looks much, much different than our judging. The closest thing probably to our judging system is figure skating or gymnastics. Now, in figure skating or gymnastics, you have compulsories. You have things that you have to do. And those programs aren't nearly as artistic as what we do. So we live in this strange space where, where uh, we try to have the, the effective, we have the effect and crowd-pleasing nature of an America's Got Talent, but we also try to have the precision in judging of, uh, of a, a gymnastics or, or figure skating, you know, where, where we go down to the hundredth of the point or something ridiculous like that, you know, and it, it's just, it's just in a difficult place right there. I don't know that it's possible to really judge in the way that we try to judge. It's much different seeing it live than seeing it recorded, although it's, it's amazing that we have flow marching right now. Um, where you can see so many different shows over the course of the season, and you can really watch the the course, the shows develop much much more than you ever could before, you know. And that's all fantastic, but it's not the same as seeing it live. You have to see it live, and you want to see it as much as possible live. I've seen some really amazing smaller shows, um, not because of the show venue. The show venue I could care less about. It's because these kids bring it every night they don't they don't care whether it's finals night or the first night in june they bring it every single time commonly what people what, what people who are drum corps fans usually like they they like sitting high enough not high enough that you can't hear anymore which some places in lucas oil when you're in that upper deck the the sound gets cut off a little bit but they like sitting high enough that they can really see the drill my personal favorite because i can see drill on flow marching I'm fine with seeing the the drill on TV or on the videos afterwards. I love sitting right down in front in the first row where they can part my hair with the sound and I can see their faces. Watching the performers' faces, there is nothing like it. Ultimately, what I've learned from this episode is that everyone's a fan. From the podcasters to the alumni, from the instructors to the ticket purchasing public. John Phillips asks his judges to become the most informed fan. And I think that can tell us a little of how much we all love the artistry that's produced on the field. DCI CEO Dan Atchison is a fan himself all these years later. I started out uh, at the ripe old age of 11 becoming a fan of the activity and uh, still to this day can't get enough drum corps performances. Uh, if I don't particularly care for the show, I always find something in that show that uh, I can grab onto. And that's, I guess, what makes me the, uh, the fan that I am. But uh, the, the one opportunity that I have at, in my current role, I make an excuse to act like there is important business to be done on the front sideline uh, a few times throughout the show. Uh, because what I like is the energy that's coming off the field into the stands, and then the energy that comes out of the stands back to those performers onto the field through their appreciation. It's There's nothing like it. That energy, it's that drive and that passion that you feel from the fans uh, that uh, really gets me excited. And it's those fan moments. I was in the Madison Scouts in 1975. We were at the CYO Nationals. And it was an Eastern crowd, you know, which was a big deal back then. It was very regionalized. 
And we were told by our instructors, they're not going to stand up for you. There's nothing you can do to make them stand up for you. And at that point, we were used to five, six standing ovations in our show. And boy, they were right. We were performing our hearts out. It was about a week before championships and we had been undefeated. And this crowd was not moving for us. But we got to the last moment. You could feel the energy coming from the performers around you, getting them just basically saying through our playing and marching, stand up, stand up. And you know what they did? I'll never forget that moment. And it's a, it, it, and to know that the fans, as reluctant as they were uh, to stand up, they stood up and they were excited about what they saw. And to see that so many times happen for uh, cores at every level, uh, especially today, uh, I get those feelings at the open class championships. Uh, I get those feelings at the uh, uh, early in, on Thursday afternoon uh, at our championships. There are cores that just have a way of communicating with an audience. And of course, the audience lets them know that they appreciate that. Thank you so much to all my guests on this episode. John Phillips, Mark Nichols, John Weldy, Tim Hinton, Dan Atchison, each one of the judges we featured, and of course, my co-producer, Mallory Anderson. Thank you, as always, to my friends at DCI for their support and encouragement with this project. And thank you to everyone who's reached out with positive messages and helpful information. If you'd like to contact me, you can at keith at bandsofireland.com or on Facebook or Instagram at the Global Band Room. As always, if you've enjoyed the show, please head over to dci.org. And if you can, make a donation to the March On Fund or to your favourite core or Soundsport team this summer. Until the next episode, march on. Help us to ensure a bright future for thousands of performers around the world. Donate today at dci.org slash march on. That's dci.org slash march on.